Hello, everyone. It's Cindy Novotny. So welcome back to another episode of My Secrets to Stamina. For any new listeners, welcome. I'm thrilled to have you join us. And again, I'm finding out that I've got a lot of loyal followers that I never even knew I had because some of them are quiet followers. I mean, they're kind of in the background and then I'll bump into them at a random place like an airport and they'll say, I love your podcast. Keep it going. So welcome back to all of you. You know, it's now almost a year and a half since we started this podcast. And if we're honest, you know, we started it coming out of a pandemic and I thought, well, I'll do that for a while. Well, my travel schedule is crazy, but we're committed. We are in and we are keeping this going because we hear from so many people that they want to hear more about how we live with no balance and love it. I've had some amazing guests on this podcast and I'm going to continue to bring you the best of the best. You know, I love the fact that Everyone who listens to this podcast realizes that no matter where they are in their life, whether they work, whether they're entrepreneurs, whether they're a stay-at-home mom or a dad, uh, whether they work you know, in a law firm or a hotel or real estate, they get something from all of my guests and from my solo episodes because whatever role you play in life, you need to be able to improve that life every day. And you can't do that by just looking in the mirror. You've got to listen to how others are doing it. Everyone has a dream. I believe everyone's on a great journey. And my goal is to help you be successful, live the life you want. And that's why they've deemed me the radical mentor. I'm gonna help you live that life without the standard definition of balance. Because I also know that all the talent in the world is not gonna make you a success. It is gonna be the stamina to get it all done. So let's do this. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome, again, someone I've never actually met. I'm loving this. You know, she's a boss babe entrepreneur, just like me. We share so many similarities and she has that same drive and passion I have. You know, prior to, to jumping on the podcast, we had a few minutes to chat and, you know, she is in the communication business and works with so many similar clients in real estate, professional services, hospitality, many of the clients I work with. And that kind of energy is really what drives me to have people on this podcast that bring a whole different element. Lisa Morton is the CEO and founder of Roland Dransfield, one of the most established communication agencies in Manchester, England. For the last 24 years, Lisa has worked to forge meaningful, lasting business relationships that create both business growth and social impact alongside her team of award-winning strategists, journalists, creatives, digital, and social media specialists. Now with a London office and partnership with an LA-based agency, Lisa is continuing to expand and explore new paths for growth. And that's why we love having her on. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much, Cindy. That's a great intro. I'm very excited. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm so excited to have you on. It's like, I feel like we're kind of soul sisters from both sides of the pond yeah. after we chatted this morning. So excited about that. <laughs> It's a small world and we've actually got the same client. I can't believe that. <laughs> I know. And I think that's why, you know, people talk about the world being very small, six degrees of separation, all of that. But, you know, many people don't actually extend themselves. You know, many people don't say, oh, I'm going to do a podcast with someone I've never met before. And look, it only took us five minutes on this call. Obviously, you had calls with my team prior, but five minutes for us to go quickly into two or three clients that we actually know and share. So I love that. So let's have you share, because you're new to all of my listeners, uh, a little bit of your background and your journey to where you are today. 
Well, firstly, thank you so much for inviting me on. I really appreciate it. And I love your podcast. So um, I've been listening to it. Um, My background, I, from the age of eight, um, I realized that I wanted to run my own business. And my company is called Roland Dransfield. And that is actually the name of my godfather, who um, was an amazing inspiration to me as I was growing up. And uh, a long story short, one day he came to my mum's house on a Sunday, mum and dad's house. And he'd always told me that I should have my own business in the future. He must have seen something in me. And he came on that day with a bucket and a sponge. And he said to me, "Um, Lisa, you're in business as of today. You've got a car washing around. So go out and knock on those doors of the neighbours and ask them if you can wash the cars. And you can use your mum's washing liquid, washing up liquid, um, but you have to pay me back for the bucket and the sponge when you've washed the cars. We still can't remember how much that was, which we're gutted about as a family. But needless to say, I was in profit at the end of that day. I paid him back and I had a car washing round then till I was 15. And then I fell in love with shoes and went to work in a shoe shop and, and I put the bucket and the sponge away. So that was my first start as uh, in, in enterprise, I suppose, and it never left me. So I used to sell anything that wasn't nailed down. I'd write books and illustrate them and try and sell them. And, um, and I always knew I'd have my own business. So I went to university. I loved um, finding out about people and their stories. I love reading. And so the whole idea of communications was really key to me. And, and it was a career I felt suited for. So I got a job in a small agency and then another agency and then decided to start my own business um, now 25 years ago, uh, just had our 25th anniversary. So, uh, and my kids can't believe that I started that business in communications with a massive computer, um, a very, very uh, antiquated mobile phone and no internet, <laughs> but exactly. I managed to do it. <laughs> Yeah, and really it started with a bucket and a sponge, okay? It did, That yeah. could be the name of your book, and then your new <laughs> yeah. book, A Bucket and a Sponge, and the illustration <laughs> would be very cute. I like think it. I love, you know, as we continue to talk about, you know, what you do and all the things you can share on communication, I think the, the biggest message to everyone listening today is that, you know, I'm a firm believer in grit. I'm a firm believer that talent and, and skill, it's all important, but I will tell you passion and perseverance is the most critical element to being successful. I know a lot of highly educated, I mean, all the way to PhDs that are so bloody smart and know so much, yet they don't have the fortitude to be able to put one step in front of the other. And I think that is where someone like you and me, we are going to succeed in spite of a pandemic, in spite mm-hmm of a economic, you know, moment in spite of whatever is thrown at us. And I love, I'm going to use the analogy and I'm going to give you credit hundred percent. All you got to do is put that sponge in the bucket. And I actually started in the hotel industry in housekeeping. So I really love that. even Amazing. More because <laughs> I, I moved into sales and marketing and, you know, obviously went, went in a totally different direction than housekeeping, but I can still make a, a really good bed. So I love it. Um, <laughs> So let's take a moment and talk about communication. I think that in a world of so much uh, like 
blurring and so much buzz and fuzz that communicating with clarity is so crucial, you know, even now more than ever. And I think that too many people put things out that are negative. Too many people put things out that are inappropriate. You've got clients that may be trying to market themselves one way when their brand or story doesn't even support that. So share some of your tips um, and thoughts on effective communication. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. And just thinking, you know, when I did start my business and then in the years when I was kind of training and preparing myself for that, those early days, um, it was possible if you were inclined um, to hide stuff and to cover things up and bury things. And, you know, I worked in agencies where sometimes that was the brief to, 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 to keep, I mean, and it still is, I mean, to be fair, lots of, there will be still at high level um, organizations and business leaders who want stuff to be kept out of the media. But now uh, with transparency, um, it's a quick Google, it's a couple of seconds on the internet and, you know, you can discover what really sits behind a brand. It's, it's a really very, very difficult now to not show up as uh, who you are. And, you know, I'm only interested in working with organizations who uh, that's very, very important to. And I, I've always believed, um, some, you know, to my clients, if there is something that needs to be dealt with, I, I believe in early honesty. Um, it's so important. I mean, in the UK now, we've if you follow the, the news over here, we've had an issue with government where there's been a horrendous set of, uh, of, of behaviours um, around restrictive lockdowns where government have not behaved the way that, that you know, its citizens have had to. And there's been no integrity or uh, around culpability there. So I think that now than ever, we won't tolerate dishonesty or lack of integrity. Um, and unlike the times before, you know, when we, we have access to everything within that search, it's it's pointless trying to, to bury those negative stories. Um, I believe that um, clarity and simplicity is key. We have a value in our business, which is admit it, fix it, move on. And that's not a cop out if you've made a, a major mistake. That is to say, we've got this wrong. We have not shown up um, against our values. We, we admit it. We're going to make things better. And we're going to move on in a more positive way and in, into a better place than we, we were even before that mistake. So that would be my advice if there are situations where genuinely there's been a major issue and there've been plenty around the pandemic where businesses haven't followed uh, the, a line of integrity. It's, it's about how you deal with it and you can come out better than, than, than you went into that problem. I totally agree with that. And I, first of all, I love the admit it, fix it, move on simply because we have that same motto. It's just, we don't say it that way within our own company. You know, I have always said, if you, tell me the truth. I swear, no matter how big it is, you can make a, you know, $50,000 mistake and I'll have mm. to eat plums and have a moment. But <laughs> if you tell me the truth, we'll work through it. You lie to me and you're just done. So you yeah. admit it, then we fix it. And then you move on because mm. who doesn't make mistakes or screw up? I, I love that. Now, one thing I, I think that is also something important you just said about honesty. I also believe in real world talk. Like I find that when people try to be so snooty pahooty and use these big words and nomenclatures, as we call them, mm. you know, and try to talk at this high, you know, uni university level that sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't really resonate with the reader, no matter how mm. smart people are, people just want to have authenticity and everybody talks about that, but very few people have that. You know, I just watched um, JLo's, you know, halftime 
uh, you know, documentary that she did mm -hmm. uh, just came out. And I didn't even realize, I mean, she, you know, whether you like her or not, because some people like her, some people could care less. And I only just watch shows to entertain myself. But, you know, the one thing is that she's never really won any of the big awards, yet she's made more billions of dollars in movies and all these things. And I never realized that when she came out in that green Versace dress, you know, that pretty much barely mm. covered her. Okay. That is when Google image went like viral. That particular click on that Versace dress, like blew anything, anybody, and people never really even looked at images much. They just Google things. And it's those moments in time that, you know, even though I looked at that dress and thought, are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> might've like worn a little more, you know, it's those moments in time that, as you said, you can't hide behind anything. And the more honest you are, the better you are. But on the same token, I think that coming out of COVID, there's a lot of people that did not handle COVID properly. They didn't, um, you know, I worked the whole time and I fought, I pushed back against it. You know, I'm in America. It's a little bit different than the UK. I'm in Orange County, California, even different than LA County. But I pushed back and said, if we do all the proper protocol and have the proper PPE, I'm going to keep people working and I'm going to keep us going. But I, I said throughout all of COVID, how you act during COVID will actually really create who you will be when you come out of it. And I think that is about the relationship building, the companies that didn't live to their values. You know, values are just on a wall. You know, this is who we are. But yet when they made people redundant, they just threw them out. It's like, you're done. You're just done. Mm. Right? Yeah. So that takes me to my next question on relationship building and leadership. And, and you know, building relationships is something that every single day I do. I, I grow my business like one person at a time. So talk to us about the importance of relationship building and, and making them purposeful. Because I think as a business owner, a leader, um, those are really important attributes that you've got to look at in, in relationship building. So talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. I mean, I say to our team and, you know, everyone that starts in the business, even if we've got, you know, a 20 year old that comes into the business, that it's everything in your life is about relationships. And I believe in it so much that we changed the PR part of, you know, public relations into purposeful relationships, because that's what it's all about. It's how you engage with other people, how you treat people. And um, I've always believed that relationships are like bank accounts and that you have to be in credit most of the time and the more often you put a deposit into that relationship it means that when you need to make a withdrawal when you do don't show up or you have to put some pressure on that relationship it's less likely to to create damage um, or leave you overdrawn and that's in right. life I think you know you've, you've got to put more in these takeout full stop that we're not here as humans to use up all the resources around us to make more for us. It's about how we use our resources to create more for others. And that's my view on, on, on the world. And um, I think it's always really important to know when I say to our team, if you want to ask for something, make sure you've created more value with that person than you are asking for with your request. So you're in credit and you can make the ask. And um, we all know, and um, if we get to a certain part in our career, certain point, and we've got those connections, you know, if I had a pound for every time that somebody said to me, can you just, could you help me do this? Can you do that? I'll always, always try and do that. 
but you are always more minded to help that person if you know that there's some you know equitable relationship there so that's important no one wants to be seen as a drain um and so you know what you put in is very important i think i will also think there's people who have a scarcity mentality about competition or competitors um will not succeed so i believe that you know what we do is we introduce all our network to all our network and we let them go off and we let you know we get joy out of seeing those relationships fire up and magic get created um we're not looking for a chip we're not looking for a for a bung or a you know a bit of a commission on those and what comes out of those connections that's not good karma so that's really important to us and one thing that just recently um i was couldn't believe is that somebody that i'd not seen for a long time uh introduced me to somebody else to say oh this is the person that i met um i think it was 18 years ago they introduced us to the prince's trust which is a, a, a huge charity with the prince of wales over here and as a result we've been able to raise 20 million pounds by that introduction and i, I had no clue that that had gone on and it was wonderful and so if you think you can go around um creating those relationships that create magic and impact and community then you know that's what we're here on this planet to do in my view yeah absolutely and I, and i'm going to go back to when people ask for help so i'm a firm believer in depositing into the bucket the bank account mm-hmm. um my problem is i deposit a lot and then i have people that love to drain it empty okay and and i'm not kidding so I know, I will tell you flat out, and I'm sure there's people in your life that have done the same thing, that, you know, throughout my career, and especially the last, you know, two years of this, uh, you know, pandemic, people that I would reach out to that I needed something, not like a lot, just could you introduce me or I could you at least return my call? People that I'd known, don't call back, don't call back, don't don't return an email. I return every email from every random person that sends me an email, right? I mean, anybody, I mean, I, I see if there's gonna be a fit, how can we work together? And then when the, the when it really hit the fan, if you know what I mean, then all of a sudden those same people who wouldn't return my emails, wouldn't return my calls, I was the first one they called when they got laid off of their job. And it I literally helped them all. But I said, just so you know, this is ironic that you're reaching out to me. When the past two years, I tried to get help on this or this or get you involved in that. And you didn't even have the manners, mm-hmm. right? The manners to return. And they were like gutted, you know, like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I just need you to know this, right? Yeah. And it's, I, I just find it like everybody's got to play the same game and put deposit into that. Even if you send a quick email, you know what, really, I don't have any time to, to work with you on that project or I can't help you. That's all anybody needs. And I think that's vitally important. You know, I'm a, they, they call me a kick-ass radical mentor for a reason, because I definitely have a take no prisoners mentality. I'm professional. I'm classy. I work in the best of the best, but I speak a ton about real leadership because there's so much phony baloney being talked about leadership. And I think my empathy is not wishy-washy. I'm not, oh yes. I'm just like, look, let me help you. We got to figure this out. If you work for me, I'm going to say, I'm not here to just coddle. I'm here to make you better tomorrow than you were today. And I think that you can be a leader, be firm, be empathetic at the same time. 
And I think, you know, you said that there's some behavioral red flags that you can watch out for when you're looking at leaders or employees. When you look at when you look at people out there without naming them, obviously, giving examples of how can a leader really excel today amongst all what's going on? I don't know about your country, but we're living in a world where a lot of people got out of the business. There's no employees. You know, you go to a, to a coffee shop and there's one person where there used to be four people working. Mm-hmm. So the leaders have got to be different today. So share your thoughts on mm-hmm. that. Well, it's interesting to know that you have the same challenges that we have here. And it's and it's it's baffling really to, to kind of to, to see how different the, the working landscapes changed. I would say that um, I think it's tough sometimes in leadership and um, I have learned to perhaps reverse some of the conditioning I had as a young person, you know, things that you, you grow up with in terms of stereotypes or the roles that your maybe your parents put you into. I was a, I was a total kind of 50, 50 people pleaser and then and, and 50 take absolutely no prisoners. But my go-to would have be would be, I don't like conflict in particular. And so I had to learn over a period of time and Brenny Brown was a massive help to me when I read everything. Um, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. And what I learned to do was to take out the personal out of a business scenario. We're talking about business here. And what helped me to make that shift was to really dig into values of the business, which ultimately are my values and make those public, make those part of the DNA of the business and make no apologies for what those values are. So instead of having to call out poor behavior that I didn't like, the team can call out the behavior because it it goes against the value. So it was an objective way of creating a really great culture, which was safe, which was inspirational, energetic, and it changed the business that kept us going through the pandemic as well. When all the toolkit kind of fell off, the culture and the values kept us going in a whole new kind of environment. Um, so I believe, yes, empathy is so important. Um, I believe that you can give love as a leader and you can do that in a really caring, constructive way, because I don't think it's going to do anybody any favors to let them think that their behavior is okay when it isn't, or that they're amazing at their job when they really need some coaching. So, so it's a, it's a win-win if you approach leadership with empathy, tough and, and tough love. And it's, you know, everyone's going to lose if you're all kind of pulling the wool over each other's eyes, just the sake of having a happy team today. Right. And, you know, I think that there's a a perfect example of the changes. You know, you had an incredibly awful crisis that happened in your city. Um, You know, we've all had been involved in so many other things in our own world, um, above and beyond the pandemic that globally we all shared. You know, Mm -hmm. each of us have different things in our own kind of hometown. And I think that you are known uh, as being at the forefront of a response in your community. And I, I think I read something about, we built this city and your podcast and how great it is and, and your commitment to the, the social impact to, to really get rise. And I love the fact about competition and, and helping everybody rise up. I think we always have to take those true values, make compromises, but lift others up. You know, it, it makes an incredible difference to how business owners are getting back to doing their business in a very fast paced way, because I called it a V as fast as this pandemic came in, 
it went out. Didn't mean two weeks to flatten the curve. It meant that when business was back, and I know you're in London a lot. I was just there. Hotels, you know, their rates are four times what they were. Um, you know, to have a cocktail, it's instead of 25, you know, pounds, it's 50. I mean, a good <laughs> cocktail. <laughs> you know, and then sometimes they don't make as big a pours over there as we do here in the States. So I always say, um, can I have a double? Because it'll evaporate before it gets to my list. But I, I would like you to take a moment and talk about the values and the compromises and what you've done to lift up and help regenerate, you know, parts of your community and make it even a better place tomorrow than it is today. Well, yeah, thank you for that. And and one of our values is plant trees you'll never see, which is create a legacy out of respect for those who follow. And quite literally, because of the work that we do, I mean, everything stops and we're consultants, um, everybody from, from, you know, multinational organizations to small businesses everybody panicked and wanted to stop. And we were in contracts with those clients, but I let them do whatever they wanted to do. Because again, you know, those purposeful relationships, I thought they will come back at some point. Um, so uh, the business fell off a cliff. Um, I was billing on the, the, the second month in COVID less than I was the first month when I started the business 25 years ago. So that gives you some kind of uh, feel for that. But what we did is that we went to work on helping the community, as you say, anybody that needed help, even clients who couldn't pay for it for whatever red tape reasons. But we also found there was, we've got a huge homelessness issue in Manchester, which is much better now than it was. We helped with that. We helped do free, free PR and communications for charities, for appeals. We got the business community together to see how that, that community could pull its resources together. So so the team went to work on that. We, we forgot even that we helped to raise a million pounds to the NHS with a, 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 an online FIFA tournament. We'd even forgotten that we did that. There was so much going on. So, and it was so rewarding. And it was also illustrated to the team that, you know, we are good people. We use this business as a platform to do good, even if that means that we can't make any money um, for, for the, the next six months because no one's buying anything. So let's just use what we have, use our connections and our relationships and that knitted the whole team together with a purpose that just wouldn't have happened had we not had that set of values and 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 that um, that outlook as an organisation. Yeah, and and I think you know, and we were in the same boat. Now, my community um, was really the hospitality industry and mm-hmm. the law firms and the you know the accounting and finance companies we were working with, and that's why we literally didn't take our foot off the gas when everybody else just kind of said, okay, there's going to be no travel, no training. Like we, we literally made up work to do for our clients and we didn't charge. We put everything out there and said, okay, here we go. We're going to do webinars. We're going to help your people get jobs. We're going to redo their LinkedIn's, their resumes. We, we went to work. It's like, I never worked so hard for free in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. My team yeah. all took massive cuts of pay. I mean, we just went to work. And so when people say, well, you know, what do you do for, you know, giving back? I'm like, giving back. We all mm-hmm. gave back. You know, are you kidding? There was no Starbucks. We had to, we had to buy the cheapest coffee in the grocery store. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, all those fun lattes we made ourselves. I mean, <laughs> the good news is we have a couple of people on our team. Carla is one. She can make the heart on the froth. So it's all good. <laughs> but I think giving back is in different ways. You can work in your own community. You can work in your community of business. And that's what I said to people. I said, you know, look, right now, the only thing we can do is do what we do best and help people 
keep their head above water. Mm. And it took a lot of grit. It took a lot of stamina. And that's obviously the name of my podcast. And, you know, I've been going strong for many, many years. I mean, when I run into people that say, oh my gosh, you trained, you know, my sister, my mother, my aunt, I'm like, oh my, I must've been 12 when I trained them because, you know, I've been doing this a very long time, but I, I do have incredible energy and I believe some of it is natural. I think you have a similar uh, style of energy. You know, I always tell my team, it's okay to say you're tired. I mean, I didn't get home last night until 1 a.m. All right. I had my first call this morning at 6 a.m. So I pretty much just laid down in my bed with my outfit I wore, you know, makeup <laughs> on. You know, I've learned how to sleep in a suit. It's no problem. And I always say, you. it's okay to say I'm tired. It's okay to say, you know what, I'm kind of tired. Saying I'm burnt out, I got to get you a new job. The moment someone's burnt out, when they don't love it, they don't have passion for it. They don't like, I, I'm so like, like dancing until, you know, two in the morning at the, at two events I was at last week with people, you know, half my age, the moment I go, I can't do this, or I'm too old for this, or I'm burnt out is the moment you've got to stop. So that takes me to ask you, share with us your secrets to stamina. Well, I completely agree. That's hilarious about going to sleep in the suit because I've done that before on, on occasions. And um, But you're right, you know, I've got friends who say to me, I don't know how you do it. You know, it's just not good for you. It's just too much. And I say, but I, I'm, I, you know, I, I thrive off it. There are times when I get absolutely shattered and then you've got to make sure that you build some self-care in. But my go-to is I am completely intrigued about what is possible every day so you know like you I'm always on I'm always looking for who can I connect together what could I make happen here and so it's that natural instinct and you know going back from being a kid you know bucket and sponge days I was a runner you know I rode horses I did ballet I played musical instruments I, I wrote stuff so I'm always I've always on and I find it the more I do, the more it inspires me to do other things. And then when I get tired, I have to take some time out and go and water my garden. <laughs> but yeah. It's just, it's just a natural instinct. And you've either, I think you've either got it or you haven't. And the thought of retiring, I couldn't even imagine, you know, for me, the thought of not having a purpose every single day and making new stuff happen every day, you know, it, it would, it fills me with dread. I'd probably just keel over and, and, and disappear if, if I stopped. Oh, and I, I agree completely because I actually don't know what I do if I didn't, I love work. And mm-hmm. I always say to people, you know, like, what would you just do then? I guess it's like, a, take a long vacation then. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, say, you know what? I got to take a month off or something. Okay, that's fine. But I do strongly believe that movement, it's that momentum. Mm-hmm. Like more you go, the more you go, you know, it, the, the easier it is to keep going. And I think that's where too many people lost their plot. Like over this last two years, I, you know, I, I, I like to work at home. It's fine. Okay. You, I, if you've been an entrepreneur and worked at home your whole life, it's different than if you worked in an office that needed energy and needed people around. And, yeah. you know, that's like, I mean, whether people like Elon Musk or not, you know, the email, he uh. sent was, you know, you better get back to work because if you don't, because our factory <laughs> workers have to work. Right. And the creativity. Yeah. So I I love when leaders finally just say it, you know, and stop the nonsense. So I so appreciate it. And I love all the things you've done. And I'm never going to forget the bucket and the sponge. I, mean, <laughs> I, I see that, Lisa, as a nice book. You know what I mean? The illustration, they can talk to each other. The sponge and yeah. the bucket. 
Yeah, no, that's I, a great shout. I've once I'm I'm planning on writing the book, but and that's that's the the title you just I've found it for me. Title. Thank you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I thank you so much. I mean, I think we have a newfound friendship. We're going to have a good some business alliances that we might be able to do together. I love to meet like-minded people like you. That I feel your vibe all the way across uh, the pond. And uh, I can't wait to do some more great things with you because I do think that the universe brings the right people together at the right time. And if it wouldn't have been for things like the pandemic, although I hate it, can't stand the word COVID, I think I wouldn't have this podcast because I wouldn't have done it because, you know, prior to COVID, we were so busy. Now we're just as busy as we were, but we're still filling in these podcasts, right? So (laughs) I thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Cindy. Yeah, I've absolutely loved it. And I hope we can do some work together. Absolutely. So everyone, please join me for my next episode as I have such an innovator that I'm going to interview Tiffany Goodyear of Centex. Join me to hear what Centex is all about. You really don't even get it, but it's the event services company that curates custom fragrances for any event and in real time manages the scentscape in every experience so it's perfectly harmonizing with the environment of the event. If you're walking into uh, a ballroom and the theme is all about roses, why shouldn't it smell like roses? And she creates that. We can't wait to have her share with you how she did it, what she does, and for her to talk about it all and how to make it happen. So with that, I thank everyone for tuning in and listening, and we will talk to you very soon.